If you're an Android user and you're seeking a new podcast app, you should check out the Podcast Republic app on the Google Play Store. You favorite your favorite shows, they download instantly when they're uploaded, and you don't have to ever think about what day does that show come out, how do I get it, when is it, you do the one step and it's there for good. There's thousands of positive reviews, so take a look at the Podcast Republic app on the Google Play Store and see if it's right for you. It's basically the Ronco app for podcasts. <laughs> you set it and forget it. Exactly. Set it and forget it. If you're listening to this the day it comes out, you have less than 48 hours before the door to the $10 Patreon tier closes forever. That's the only tier where you're able to actually pick an episode that we will do on this podcast. You support us for a year at that level, and at the end of the year, you give us three choices, and we choose one of those and do one of your episode choices. Uh, as long as you're in the tier, you can do that every year, but you cannot get into that tier after midnight on December 31st. It closes at the end of 2019. There's also a new thing for the Patreon. Anybody who supports at any level gets a sweet Dissecting the 80s sticker mailed to you, and the official... Welcome to Patreon, Dissecting the 80s Letter, which a uh, nice little thing if you like the show. Uh, so check all that out at patreon.com slash dissecting the 80s. Welcome to Dissecting the 80s. I am Trip Lano, one half of the Mega Podcasting Powers. And with me, as always, is a man I would trek across the galaxy for if he were frozen in carbonite, the Macho Mandrew. Andrew Lano. We are a little late to the Star Wars party, but in celebration of the end of the Skywalker saga, we're going to where the Skywalker saga originally ended, 1983, Return of the Jedi. My personal favorite Star Wars movie. So it was mine when I was a kid, definitely, because my poor boyfriend who doesn't like Star Wars was like, I'll watch it with you, I'll give it a chance. And he was like, oh, it's the third one, am I going to be, I was like, yeah, it's the one I liked the most as a kid, da 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 da. And he was like, am I going to be lost? And I was like, I don't think so. Like, the scrolling text at the beginning usually wraps up, like, what we've seen so far. Right. Previously on Star Wars. Yeah. And the movie ended, and he was like, I hated it. I didn't understand it. He was like, I couldn't get into it. And then he goes, you said it was the best one. And I was like, oh, no. I said (laughs) it was my favorite as a child. Those are two different sentences. Yes, they are. This is still my favorite Star Wars movie. Upon rewatch, I have declared that. Really? Uh, even being the original? Yeah. Yeah. I think if so, having seen all of them, if I'm in the mood for some Star Wars, this checks all the boxes for me still. It's got some space fights. You got some lightsaber stuff. You got some fun, weird animals. You got some adventure. And then the conclusion being satisfying is really what seals it for me. That's I, true. I, won't, I know you didn't see it, so I'm not going to talk about it in any detail, but I will say I enjoyed the most... Even though this is okay, so I watched the the new one in the theater, and I, I I walking out was like that's my favorite of these new ones, which I haven't liked very much. And then I listened to a podcast breaking it down, and they were like, "Here's all the things we didn't like about it." From an intelligent point of view, it's a good podcast for that stuff. And I was like, "Yeah, all of that is correct. I still think it's my favorite, but I think it's mostly it's just like." It's what I want out of a Star Wars movie, like because it has a satisfying conclusion, and the other two ones are always going to feel like the end of them is the closing of a chapter, not the closing of a book. And this feels like the closing of a book a little more. It's, That's it's true. a little more complete. I can get that. There, there's 
there's certainly some threads at the end. Like there's a uh, uh, two characters having dialogue at the very end of the movie. That's very obviously like, Oh, wouldn't that be another movie we could do? But uh, for the most part, this is pretty satisfying. It's not good. It's just my favorite. But I think if I'm gonna if I'm in the mood for some Star Wars, Jedi is the one that's gonna check the boxes for me. Okay. Although I also like I I, I thought I was over Star Wars, and I think what's true is like I'm just over the Skywalker stories. Like I I think Star yes. Wars is cool still. Um. Because I've been watching The Mandalorian, and it is so my jam. I want to get into of, it. It's, it's, it's very different, right? It's like a, a Western show from the 70s where the gang rides into town, and there's trouble in that town, and they help them solve it. It's unlike anything else on television. I mean, I love Baby Yoda. I'm into Baby Yoda. Yeah, no, he's fabulous. Anyway, but this is still my favorite Star Wars movie. I'm staying firm and, and saying that. I think this is my favorite Star Wars movie. Um, but with all that said, we watched return of the jedi so you know what that means we gotta go back we're gonna go dissect the 80s it's a stupid cgi we gotta go back to before george lucas ruined everything with stupid cgi when the mega powers explode i'm talking about the 80s great scott cream of the crop oh yeah Power, yeah. When this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're gonna see some serious shit. <laughs> okay, that's what we need to start talking about here. I'm assuming you watched this on Disney Plus. I did, and every okay. sixth note is all caps, stupid CGI. And I yes. kept having to explain to my boyfriend why I kept grumbling and going, CGI. <laughs> my girlfriend who does not notice those things was noticing them and that is a bad sign. Um I it really 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 sucks that the easiest way to watch these movies is is not good. <laughs> and mm-hmm. and I know I'm I know I'm being, you know, crotchety a little bit here, but I just slapping the stuff that makes them have minor continuity uh pieces with the prequel trilogy that had just come out is at best confusing and at worst jarring. And it's, it's, it's a bummer. It's a huge bummer. I have what what's called the despecialized edition where fans like painstakingly combed through other sources to put the original movie back together in the highest quality. So it's, it's 99%, you know, 1080p type situation. But it sucks that I have to figure out how to watch that, you know? It's not just a click-a-button thing. It's not very easy. And I was feeling lazy and didn't, I didn't have a big enough thumb drive to put it on. So I was like, eh, I'll just, I'll just watch the one on Disney+. And I regretted it the entire time. It's super annoying. He just – I don't get it. Like, how can a person who makes movies for a living look at CGI versus practical and be like, no, CGI looks better? So I generally agree with you. I will say that there is really good CGI out there that is is seamless and you don't notice it and it's great. And and there that is. happens all over the place and and it's very very good at this point. CGI has become very good. But I also know that things that look good to me right now in 20 years are going to look like garbage and that's what this is. It's 20-year-old CGI. It's probably cutting edge at the time. Lucasfilm, LucasArts are, are cutting edge when it comes to this stuff. But it ages like fish. 
And the worst part beyond that is is not only CGI because I will I will give them the modicum of credit. Adding the Ewok blinks is a good CGI move. At first, I hated it, but as as I watched more, I didn't mind it. Yeah, I, that one is pretty seamless. The dead-eyed Ewoks is a is a long-running thing that was a, a mistake that they can they can fix. But my big problem is when at the end of this movie they start slapping in the scenes of all these places across. Yeah, the I was galaxy. like, we don't need to go to Jar Jar Planet. No, I don't care what the Gungans are doing. I didn't care what they were doing when they had their whole own movie. Like, come on. So that's where it really drives me crazy. But throughout the movie, it does it does frustrating. So. But this is the version that's on Blu-ray. This is the version. And the, the other crazy thing is we're obviously not going to talk about it because we're not doing New Hope. But he even added stuff that people didn't know about because this version of New Hope on Disney Plus in the Greedo shooting uh, Han scene or Han shooting Greedo scene, rather, <laughs> Greedo it's yells out, McClunky! Right. It's just like, why are we doing this? Leave it alone, George. Leave it alone. Well, so I read this story that he went to the set of – I want to say it was one of the new ones, or like a like a like or solo or something. Yeah, something since Force Awakens. I'm sure it was. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the director was like showing him around. He was like, "Yeah, we're doing X, Y, and Z." Da 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 da. And George is like grumpily looking around. He's like, "Why are you building all these sets?" And he's like, "Oh, yeah, this is gonna be the palace, or da da da. Like that's where they're gonna be." And he's like, "Just use computers." Yeah. And the director was I don't, like, I, I was... "No, no, George." <laughs> Get out. That sounds like that sounds like Ryan Johnson. Uh, I don't know. I haven't heard that story before, but that's delightful. Yeah, it's just he he got real lucky with uh, New Hope and squeezed that luck for two more movies and did it successfully. And then somehow we were like, yeah, he can he can do this, and no one can tell him no at this point because apparently when Disney bought Star Wars. They were supposed to buy the rights to his version of the next three stories. Right. That was part of it. And apparently it was supposed to double down on, like, midichlorians and all the nonsense of the prequels. And Disney was like, but, like, what if we didn't? Yeah, I mean, the fascinating thing to me that all of this has come through is I think really what the truth is, is the Star Wars that you watched when you were 12 years old or younger is the Star Wars that is the best Star Wars to you. Because that's what's happening on with the online discourse of uh, I know some people have ironically tricked themselves into liking the prequels. But the people who genuinely love the prequels are those who saw those movies first, which I, frankly, should be in the right age bracket for. Phantom Menace came out when I was 12, but I had already seen the original trilogy. We had that sweet VHS set. Right. So that was my Star Wars movies because I watched the old ones, probably because our brother really liked them. As Lord knows, our mom doesn't. But the... The people and and frankly, I'm kind of surprised that you don't like them more, given that they were maybe the ones that were most you know that you saw the most. No, because I watched our VHSs. Right, I was in your camp. I watched the the three VHSs of the original ones, and then the new ones were cool. But I don't think we bought them. Like I don't think we owned no, them. No, so no. I and then I went back and sort of watched through a couple of like one of them. Or no, I watched. Uh, there's a drunk. Star, people like drunk people watching Star Wars and making fun of it, and it's like twenty five minutes. And I'm like, I get the highlights, I get jokes. Yeah, I truly don't need to see any more of these stupid movies. 
Yeah, I can't. I can't sit through the prequels. They're they're not for me. But I kind of feel the same way about the new movies, and that I didn't really care for them. And it's you know, I was walking out of the last one, and there's a little girl dressed up like Ray holding a lightsaber. And I know everybody tells these little anecdotes all the time. I'm not saying the most original thing here, but that little girl's favorite Star Wars movies are not going to be the old ones that her mom and dad show her at home. It's going to be the ones she saw in the theater and, and, and had that experience for. So though it's going to be, be the ones that actually feature women doing things. Well, um, yes. I mean that, th- yes, that is all valid, but there were also women who liked Star Wars before there are any functional women in the movies. No, so I know, I, but it's going to like, sh- she has more to look at in a movie and go, Oh, I can see myself in that character. Yes. Yes. But that's what I, the only reason I'm, I'm pushing on you a little bit is, is like that you're you're making a different point than what I'm making. And what the point that I'm making is the thing that you watch when you're 10 is the thing or lower is the thing that is going to forever be the pinnacle of that thing for you. So you you latch on to it because you're a child and children love things in a different way than adults because they're not cynical yet. <laughs> 10 year olds yeah. don't have cynicism in them at all, basically. And so they can just unironically love a thing. So that's what the, and so there's a generation for those for whom those prequels are the Star Wars movies and these will be the Star Wars movies for a subsequent generation and I, I think that's really what it is is no one at all George Lucas or otherwise could deal with the monumental weight of it's been 30 years almost since those movies came out and you're trying to do it again in 1999 that's too much pressure for anyone to deal with it, it, at that point, had become such a big cultural monolith that he he couldn't handle the pressure, and no one could. There's no one who could have made a great. Movie well, that's why I don't think it should have been one person. It's like it should have been a, a a group. It should have been like Steven Spielberg should have been there to be like, "Hey, George, look, yeah, I'm gonna help you. I, I don't I don't know much for franchises beyond uh, indie, but I will. Right. We're gonna we're gonna get through this together." And we can make it work. Because I think there is a version of the prequel story that is successful. There's a version of that story that works. Yeah, absolutely. And it's not Senate hearings for 100 hours. It's not C-SPAN. Like, right. plot twist. I don't turn on Star Wars to watch old men argue. Like, that's not the interesting thing about Star Wars. Right, exactly. And no one like I don't care about midichlorians. I don't care about all that stuff. And I don't want you to take a talented actress like Natalie Portman and be like, "Hey, I need you to do a stupid unaffected voice for 70% of the time you speak on screen." Right. Yeah. Uh, exactly. It's a terrible performance because George Lucas is not that great of a director and I think even he would tell you that. Uh And he truly thought Jar Jar was the secret to success. Like, right, but but that's because C-3PO is the same kind of character. He's just less stupid. And well, I think he's also less in the movie. Like C-3PO is as like a character, as a figure, is integral to the plot. But C-3PO right. as a speaking character is not there that much. Right. Well, I don't know. I feel like they're pretty heavily involved in New Hope. It's been a while since I've seen it. But I feel like they're a pretty big piece of it. I, I, again, you, you might be remembering better than me. But, yeah. I, I mean, I only remember I, – I played C-3PO in a musical parody of the first Star Wars movie. So, like, a lot of it was just me standing. So he's there a lot, but the lines right. aren't necessarily – like, 
I like Jar Jar. I feel like spoke every other line. Yeah, maybe. I mean, my impression of it that the, there was too much Jar Jar, but again, it's been a long time since I've seen it. So, um, and poor Ahmed Best, like he gave that performance everything he could. Like, yeah, he turned yeah. in a better performance than Jar Jar deserved. Right. Right. Uh, anyway. That's a lot of talk about the movies that aren't this movie, but you knew you were getting some of that on a Star Wars episode. Let's start doing Jedi. Um, the thing that I always enjoy in watching the the scroll come by, especially with the original trilogy, is this took a team of people days, if not weeks, to do to get these words to fly across the screen, and mm-hmm. now it is literally it is literally a stock effect in iMovie. Yeah, it's it's fun to see. Um... Because occasionally I'll, I'll click those links that are like behind the scenes photos of movies you love. And there's one of someone taking a photo of the five people, like two, one guy on either side of the text moving it. And then like someone yeah. holding the camera and someone holding the sh- like, it's really cool to see how they used to do this before it was just like, oh, iMovie. <laughs> Right, right. It, it totally changed the game for things like this, but it's really kind of incredible to see the, the old school way. Uh, we open with some some great middle management, which is a sign of things to come in the prequels. It's, it's a foreshadowing of what we'll get 26 years later. Yes, of course. Uh, we also get a great conversation uh, that 100% was Bob Iger and Joe Rohde about Galaxy's Edge. <laughs> what do you mean? Joe Rohde was like, it's not done yet. Like, we're working. And, Dar- and Bob Iger's like, I will find new ways to motivate them. <laughs> uh, yeah, I suppose we could do some Galaxy's Edge talk at the end if you want, uh, since we did go there. But yeah, it is It is very, I just love that it's like we open on middle management where it's like, yes, CEO, we will deliver the work on time. And the CEO's like, you're not doing it fast enough. Yeah. I just, it's, it's just so, so not thrilling. I don't, that, it just reminded me of Disney Imagineers and, and upper cl- upper management being like, this yeah. isn't finished. And they're like, we know you gave us $3. Yeah. Then we cut to uh, 3PO, who I've never noticed before, but definitely has a badonkadonk. Oh, yeah. 3PO's a little thick. And we got like the creepy, we're heading to Jabba's palace thing. Jabba the Weinstein. Um, but it's like kind of a miracle that we liked this as a child as children because of how creepy these these opening parts are and yeah. also it's it's in actual gibberish like a bunch of people are talking to each other in languages that are completely made up so it's just and with no subtitles so the so, best is i'm i wa- i was watching with subtitles yeah and so it would say sometimes it would say speaking hut ease yeah sometimes it would write out the gibberish and sometimes it would write out english versions of the gibberish and i was like I don't know, like, if I turned up, I was tempted, tempted to turn off subtitles just to see when is it, is it actually going to show that English translation or not? If it was, if it was translated, it was the real subtitles. Okay. Because I, I got some lines translated, but it, it's just, and, and people clown about the holiday special all the time and rightly so, but it literally opens it's lovely. with a, B. Arthur no, shows up. It is unwatchable. B. Arthur shows up, and it's great. You've watched the entire two-hour thing? I've watched most of it. I've skimmed. Okay. <laughs> so let's not call things lovely if we haven't watched I said them. B. Arthur is lovely. Moments, yes. Uh, the, the the holiday special opens with ten minutes of Ewa or... Uh, Wookiees. 
Wookiees talking to each other in Wookiee speak with no subtitles. Mm-hmm. And this is the same thing where I'm just confused. I, I don't know what they're talking about. I don't know what's going on. You vaguely get it from context, but it is literal gibberish. Yeah. Uh, but we meet Jabba and we find out that Luke wants to bargain for uh, Han Solo, who is currently yes. a, a display piece. Yes. <laughs> He's like hung hung like a paint. Because they didn't know if Harrison Ford would come back because Indiana Jones was huge at this point. Right, and he never wanted to be in Star Wars in the first place. Uh, so was, Jabba says no. Was Star Wars pre-indie? Yes, well, pre-indie. Okay. Raiders comes out in 80, okay. or 81 is Raiders of the Lost Ark, so he'd done two Star Wars movies at that point. Um, so Jabba says no, and then Cap takes C-3PO and R2-D2 for his own. Well, no, I, Luke gives him to him. He says, yes, here's your Jabba, gift. But Jabba basically says, I'm keeping them and not going to bargain with you. Uh, and then they get taken to the droid torture room, which is weird to me. Scary. Like, I don't, like I'm surprised this didn't scare me more as a kid. It's definitely scary. It's not just you. I mean, it's, it's frightening what happens down here. They put, they've got one getting its feet burned or something like that. It's quite hard to tell what it is. Cracked did a great video oh, a long time ago about... Like, droids are robots. Robots are programmed however you want to program them. Right. Why did we choose to program them to have to feel pain and react to pain? That's the first thing I'm not. I'm like, you know what? That's something that I don't need. I don't need my my iPhone. Like, if they were like, here's an iOS update where your phone, when you drop it, screams in pain. I'm good. Right. Like, who the hell would want that? I don't want the thing to be responding to me as if it has a personality. That's not well, no, what I, I want, want a person. I don't mind a personality. Like if I'm going to build a humanoid robot, yeah, C-3PO should have a little bit of personality, but I don't need him to like be real. Yeah, no, I don't. I at minimum don't want him screaming in pain at when things zap him. Then we go to, I think, the worst CGI scene in the movie, which is this dance sequence with a CGI woman that has no purpose in the movie doesn't add anything to this sequence and it's just like him with a cgi blob he wants to fuck it seems like she has very sexualized lips well so she was not cgi she was a thing in the first in the re- in the original movie for like a half a second though yeah so they extended the sequence but like she exists she was singing that blob that ball on, on spaghettis was singing in the in the original return of the jedi Yes, and you saw her as just a, the camera pan past her singing the song, and we were like, okay, great, there's the band that's playing. This is, the movie stops to do a, a full song number for some reason. Uh, minor editing note, at this point, Andrew's neighbor starts building furniture downstairs, we think. Doing our best to get the sound out of the episode, but if you're hearing weird thumping noises, that's why. But it just stops the movie dead for no reason to have this sequence, and it drives me crazy. It's It's so extraneous for no reason. Yeah, it's it's just these girls dancing around and this blob and then another dude CGI dude shows up and sings. Yeah. It's completely He looks like the um this is going to be a weird deep cut. The the honeycombs monster. If you remember that <laughs> those commercials? Yeah, he does it, have a little honeycomb creature vibe. Like a ball of fluff with human teeth and drool. It's weird. Sort of like a sort of like a critter. Yeah, very much like a critter, and not a ghoulie. 
capital C critter TM, the creature. So Jabba calls one of the weird alien girls over and he kills her for whatever reason. Well, I think decides. she did. I think she was resisting. Oh, okay. Like he was pulling on her neck chain. A leash, you might say, in normal society. Yeah, no, it's a leash. <laughs> I don't know why my brain was like, that's not what that is. That's what that is. That's a leash. Uh, she's like resisting. And so he drops her down. And this is the first we see of, I love the drama of Jabba's palace room. Like his throne room has all the drama of like gay brunch. Because <laughs> he drops the, someone down and then his entire like throne pedestal slides forward to cover the hole i guess and also so you can see down into the pit but the first thing is also true yeah it just seems so weird like i would if i if i go in the chamber and i see the jabba's throne pedestal is all the way in its back position i'm not i'm not doing it i'm not saying nothing i'm not doing nothing because you could be dropped but as soon as someone oh, drops sure. hey game on do whatever you want because it's already in right. its new position yeah, exactly. The, the the pit doesn't open the other way, it doesn't seem. Uh, so we watch this alien girl get, get eaten, basically, by the Rancor. Well, we uh, hear it. Bit. Yes. Uh, and then Leia arrives in disguise with Chewie as her Spoiler fake alert. Well, sorry. Uh, I don't think anyone listening to this doesn't know the plot of this movie. Uh, so she arrives with him and uh, basically is doing a little switcheroo. Yeah. Uh, she shows says, I have Chewy, I want money, and if I don't get all the money, here is a Diet Coke from Galaxy's Edge. Yes, and I will blow us all to smithereens. I have so many Mentos. Um, and it's funny, the, the bounty hunter outfit that she wears kind of has a, a feminine silhouette and shape to it. Yeah, well, I think there's female bounty hunters. You no, find I, out in The Mandalorian that there are more than one female bounty hunter. Yeah, but I think it's interesting because it's like – Anyone could be in in Boba Fett's outfit. Like it could be a man, it could be a woman, it could be anybody. You don't doesn't really matter. But this one kind of has a feminine shape to it. Yeah, I see what you're saying. So they oh they added this is another stupid CGI moment. Yeah, and more music for again no reason whatsoever. No, this is the I'm talking about. They cut to outside the palace, showing like just a establishing shot of the palace again to show it's nighttime. Which I'm sure in the beginning in the original movie was just a few seconds of this beautiful shot, and yeah. instead they add a weird ground frog that eats a CGI ground frog that eats another CGI yeah. animal. Yeah, just yeah. stop Com- it. Completely unnecessary. Break your uh, effing other- fingers. <laughs> the other thing that I think is a reason why I like this movie so much as a kid is these little pig people. Uh, the like portly pig pig nosed folks yeah have a have a real ninja turtles bad guy energy i was gonna say power rangers but yes yeah same kind of deal of of like a weird creature situation um they and it's i guess they all just sleep in this throne room because the bounty hunter sneaks into the room and there's people just strewn about asleep yeah, I think it was more supposed to be a party till you drop situation but i'm not sure okay but um, you're right, it is bizarre. And they let down Han, and they start talking to him. And the, this voice kind of sounds like Frank Oz, too. So I don't know if they got him for two voices. I guess it could have been. Because I don't, I mean, I don't know Carrie Fisher's voice enough that I could clock a, a distorted version of it. But it, it had a Frank Oz quality. 
Um, here's here's the question I have since you brought up the sleeping. What time do you think the party at Jabba's Palace goes to on a nightly basis? Are we talking like a 3, 4 a.m. situation and everybody sleeps till like noon strewn about the place? I mean, I can see that being the case. It's like a Studio 54 situation. Yeah. I I know I'm an old man, but that just sounds... I, I was discussing this while watching it, and it just sounds so deeply unpleasant to me. <laughs> I mean, I mean, they're sleeping till... Like, they're getting their eight hours. It's just a little... Yeah, laser. yeah. It just... I feel like you're... I would be all... I'd be useless. And once again, with gay-ass Jabba, as soon as Leia reveals herself to Han, it's like, I love you, and they kiss, a curtain... <laughs> A curtain rises <laughs> to reveal Jabba and 3PO and that dude whose name I can't remember, but I know. The neck lizard the, tentacle the penis guy. penis head guy. I guess, yeah. Uh, there is a double penis head person in the Mandalorian. Oh, okay. Weird. And they wear, wear these like weird underwear hats. I've really got to check out the show. It looks like a pair of briefs on their head. <laughs> Because it's got the two holes for the the penile things, uh, but yeah, I, I love the, one. I love that Java has a flair for the dramatic, but two, I love the idea that it, everyone he basically instructing everyone to be like, "Okay, we are going to hide like a surprise party and catch this bounty hunter stealing solo." Wah, 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 wah. Put a curtain around my slug body. Wah, 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 wah. I just, it's so delightful. The, the idea of this slug monster planning this is so funny to me. It's just, yeah, he he's supposed to be a brilliant, like, mastermind. I mean, he does have... Mastermind. But he just he does sounds, show intelligence. Oh, he shows it, but, like, his voice does not portray that, like, no. quality. Yeah, no, it doesn't have any cunning in it. It's just brute force. I almost wish that he was um, more of a snake than a slug. Like, oh, that he could move a little more. Like he was thinner, and he's but he still had arms, so he could have been like a cobra with arms. Yeah, kind of a situation. I like him being the disgusting monster. I think it adds a lot to it. But you're right. Him having a little more movement would have been cool. Well, I don't I know think that you could do that in a costume puppet situation. Yes, that would be the issue. But no, I'm saying, like, for the character, like, the visual that we're getting doesn't really match what they tell us about him. Like, I don't get that he's, like, I wouldn't look at him and be like, yeah, that's a brilliant criminal mastermind who, like, is the most dangerous, crazy person in the galaxy. I get what you're saying. I don't know if I agree with you, but I think you make a good point. I, I like I said, I I think him being heinously disgusting adds to that. Of like, he doesn't be, need to be able to move to be the baddest man in the galaxy. I think says something about him. That's true, and maybe it's also that I, he like if he spoke English, maybe I would you know even some weird accent of English, like space accent. Yeah, I, I'm with you. Um, Han and Chewie have a cuddle in the prison cell. Yeah, and Solo repeats this moment to give you, like, you know, the echo from, from before thing. And uh, while watching it, all I could think of is, uh, is, boy, this is one moment that didn't need a justification of another moment. But here we are. Didn't super neat. I assumed his parents named him. <laughs> yeah. Didn't know Han Solo was a nickname. Right. Well, an assigned name, not even a nickname. Luke shows up finally, this bitch in a cape. Yeah. And I do, I do want to take a minute here to talk about this. 
This is the most insane plan that anyone has ever had in fiction or otherwise. It's up there with the Joker's plan from Dark Knight. I think this is crazier. I don't know. I think if you when you really think about the Joker's plan and what had to happen to work, I think they're on the same level. I mean, but this is they so they sent the the droids in to get them embedded, knowing they would get captured. Then they sent Leia in so she could thaw Han and also get captured. Then Luke comes in to also get captured. Lando showed up there and got a job, so he's been there for like several months at this point, you would think. And then the whole convoluted thing of them being on the barge and knowing that he'd feed them to the Sarlacc pit and then R2-D2 launching the lightsaber out of him that he's got hidden inside him and Luke doing all these flips. It's insane that they thought these that you could move these people. If it wasn't – if it was instead, oh, we have this plan and then everything goes sideways and we improvise – fine but the idea that this thing that clearly seems thought up on the moment was planned in advance is buck wild to me yeah um luke gets dropped into the rancor pit now along with a guard as as java is nodding out on heroin which or whatever it is that he, space opium? heroin space opium. yeah what yeah whatever it is he's clearly nodding out it see it seemed more of like a like an opium pipe situation sure sure um and Luke is smart and uh, kills the Rancor with a door with his environment. Yep. I, I like this sequence. The claymation Rancor is really cool. It, I'm glad the they didn't go back so and screw good. with it. Yeah. Uh, I love the bone propped in its mouth and then getting snapped and then slamming it with the door. But the part that I didn't remember is this no shirt guy is so I broken it. up about the death of the Rancor. Because as soon as Luke ran to the door that was gated... I was like, oh, right, there was, like, a weird, tubby, shirtless human with no anything. Like, he's just a human in a hat. I remembered yeah. him for some reason. But he's so sad about the Rancor. Yeah. And then we get some Windows-ass screensaver CGI of the sail barges that definitely wasn't there before to show Luke being taken to the Sarlacc pit. No, they definitely, I feel like they did travel before. They did, but it wasn't this Windows-ass CGI. It was miniatures. Oh, okay. This whole Sarlacc sequence is amazing. Like, this and is this, top for but me. The, but this is part, another part that really drives me crazy is all these extra CGI tentacles. Like, this, the monster the is terrifying. Yes, the monster is scary as hell. We don't need this stuff. You're putting a hat on a hat on a hat on a hat to use comedy parlance. It's too many things. Yeah. Because the Starlight Pit looked scary, because it, it was real. It looked like a real thing, and now I'm like, right. oh, it, that's, a, that's a bunch of pixels. Okay. Yeah. And I never uh, knew this, but when we were in Galaxy's Edge, they had a model of this in the one shop, and it's basically a gigantic creature that's uh, basically a land whale, and it's so big it needs the sand to support it, which I thought was really neat. I'd never put that together before. Oh, but I, that's it was cool. cool. Yeah. <laughs> I also love that Chewie, like, skins his knee at some point in this fight. Yes. It's yeah, so great. He, he gets basically a boo-boo. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the other the other thing, again, talking about how ridiculous this plan is, it's clearly all planned because of all these nods of everyone being like, I'm in position and ready. I'm in position and ready. And it goes on forever. Yeah. I, uh, Family Guy, when they made fun of this one, um, they did a, it was a really nice, everyone got nods. And then they started pulling in random like other characters from other movies who nodded. Yeah. Yeah. It was a good bit. I will say, for being a laser sword, when people get sliced with it, they're remarkably intact. 
Yeah, the new one, the new trilogy does have the lightsaber effects be a little more gruesome, which I appreciate. Only for, like, logistic purposes, because it's a laser sword, so... Yeah, I I mean, the real reason is you're doing these as practical stunts and people are getting hit and falling over and having them get chopped into pieces would be much more difficult to film and also harder to keep a PG rating or PG-13. Uh, so we have the big fight here. Boba Fett gets KO'd. We, you know, we By shoot some Leia. people. Yeah, Luke does some flips. We we have uh, the fun sequence with Lando and the blind Han Solo, which I really enjoy. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a good it's a good fight sequence. Uh, all the action is is staged really well. It's 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 nice. And poor uh, Carrie and Fisher is most is like so close to being naked. Yes, I feel so bad for is. her because she yeah. hated this costume. But the fight sequence is awesome. I love that she gets revenge on Jabba, even mm-hmm. wearing this costume. I love that she's an integral part of that and gets to choke this slug monster out. Although, <laughs> I did see on Twitter uh, somebody saying, the thing that you never think about with this scene is that Jabba, Jabba the Hutt was definitely into this. Oh, yes. This was one so of his this, things. This was like awesome for him up until the moment of death. His death uh, rattle. Yeah, exactly. Um but then I love the droids getting picked up by a magnet. Yeah, they're like, here we go, boop, boop. Because I would assume putting a magnet against a droid brain would be like putting a magnet next to your phone, which is a big no-no, but apparently it's fine. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's basically a claw machine rescue of like, it's so a little great. further, a little left, a little, all right, drop it now, drop it now, you got it, you got it. upside down and R2 is yeah. right side up. Um, but this is a 37-minute action beat basically it's it's a really long setup for this movie that you know puts all the the wheels in motion so to speak but i was really surprised how long this sequence is i would never have guessed that if you would ask me before i was rewatching it yeah this whole movie is a little long i will say it's two hours 15 could easily be two yeah yeah but i feel like we say that about every two hour movie <laughs> because i think you just you just you shouldn't need more. The other thing that's egregious is the CGI stuff probably adds five full minutes to that's this. That's what I mean. And it's 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 already too long, and then you're sticking more things in. It's just too many. Uh, and I really because I really appreciated that you get a real explosion of Jabba's palace ship, and then all of a sudden we just see we do the like circle wipe to an X wing and the Millennium Falcon flying off into space, and I was like, great. I didn't need right. I under I figured that's where they were going. I don't need to see right. them get back on their ship and have a conversation about it. Exactly. Completely extraneous to do all that, so let's just get on with the beat. I was like, why where is this where's this energy in the rest of the movie? Right. Um, and immediately we go from that energy to more middle management advice from Emperor Palpatine, which is just so silly. I forgot that these red uh helmet dudes were in the original trilogy. I thought they were a yeah, new thing. They are. Yeah. Um the Emperor Palpatine makeup is not great. No, definitely uh, looks a little ridiculous in the uh, it the light. The literally light looks like red. when I used toilet paper and glue because I didn't have uh, liquid latex. Yeah, yeah, it's not great looking. I agree. Stiff and crepe papery. But now we. Ha- I was gonna say, but what does look great is Puppet Yoda, who we have. I was gonna say Frank Mother F and Oz is here. Yeah. He has a really small part in Knives Out, and he's really good at it. Does he play a police officer? Uh, he plays a lawyer. Okay. Um, 
but really good. I was like, is that him? Because he's much older now than the last time I saw him. I was like, is that Frank Oz? It is Frank Oz. He's such a delight. I met my boyfriend. I was like, oh, it was Miss Piggy. And he laughed. And I was like, no, like that's the voice of Miss Piggy and Fozzie Bear. Yeah. And he was yeah. like, now I can't unhear it. Yeah, yeah. So we get the the 900-year-old, now now 900-year-old Yoda. Did um, you know? So I, I, when I was like, oh, I watched this movie. I was like, how old is Luke supposed to be? In the first well, movie, he's... 27? He is uh, 19 in the first movie. Oh, wow. So how old is he in this one? It, this is four years later. So he's okay. 23, I think. Oh, I said 27. I wasn't that far off. Oh, I thought you meant for the first movie. No, 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 no. Yeah. I knew he was So he's then. in his early 20s, but... I mean, Mark Hamill's 32 <laughs> when he's filming this, right? The like, new easily? Star Wars movies... Are only set thirty years later, which means Luke is supposed to be fifty something. Yeah, in these movies, well, well, <laughs> and know, Leia is beg- his twin sister. Well, you know, beggars and choosers and all that. And uh, uh, for some reason, uh, Han is ten years old, supposed to be ten years older than Luke. That I buy. I think they're probably about that far apart in real life. You think? Oh, I thought they were like around the same age. Oh, I don't know. No, I always thought Han Solo was older because he's like being a smuggler and he's had so much life experience. I guess. So yeah, that's a fun fact. Luke, I love Mark Hamill. He's brilliant in like everything he does. But yeah, he's a mid twenty, early twenties. Interesting. We get the big moment of Yoda's death here, which is obviously very sad, and, and then it establishes that all Jedi disappear when they die. Right. If you are one with the Force, you become part of it. Uh. I also like that Yoda's like the old gay who knows everyone's business. Yeah, he really he really does know everything. Um, we go to confront Vader, and I think Vader seems very high in this scene. Well, we, we, this is also that's we forgot to mention that this is where uh, Yoda Yoda confirmed that Vader is his dad, and that he has a twin sister. Right, right. We dole out some important plot there. That's true. Because apparently, uh, Lucas consulted with child psychologists. And they were like, oh, yeah, the kid, he was like, well, kids think Vader was lying. And they were like, 100%. So he had, oh, so he wrote in that it was confirmed. So that they were like, no, 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 it's real. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, And I was like, but- it seems so shitty to that, like, it's your third movie. And now you're like, oh, the girl could have been the hero this whole time. Like, but you didn't let her be. I mean, J.K. Rowling did the same shit with... With Neville? Uh, Neville, yeah. It's like, Neville, there it's, was another. I mean, yeah, but it's a, the weight is different when it's two white British dudes and I then guess. a guy and a girl. <laughs> like, I guess. I mean, I, I'm i not saying it's right. I, I'm not. And I don't think that's what it was like at the time, is that sound of a defense. But in small fairness to this movie, that was not what are we what audiences were given for adventure films like we, the, the oh, women I know characters that. did not so it's not like I, I we can clown on it all day here and I think it's worth clowning on that attitude sucks but I will say that I don't think this movie in particular is the the torchbearer for that bad idea you know what I mean that's all I'm no, saying no I it's, just think it's, it's like this is just one of many why mention that Leia could have been a Jedi like. Right. Why mention right. that your sister also has the force? Just, that seems well, so if rude you, to her. If you believe him in that he really does think he was going to make nine movies at the time, and he really did plan to have Leia do all the cool Jedi stuff that she does in the new trilogy, 
it makes some sense. I don't believe that, but I do think that that is his excuse. Also, I wrote this later. I'm going to say it now. With all the extended universe bullshit, it makes me mad we've never gotten a, like, a Leia origin story movie. Because she was... Luke got dropped off at a moisture farm on a desert planet. She got dropped off at a palace on... Nah... Alderaan. Alderaan. There you go. Dagobah's where Yoda lives. Yeah. So, I want to see this movie. Did you notice, speaking of Alderaan, did you notice that one of the wines available in Galaxy's Edge claims to be grapes from Alderaan? So, it's basically genocide wine? No. That's so weird. There's a wine that you can get there that's supposedly, it's a white wine that's, I forget what the name of it is, but it's like grown in the whatever soil of Alderaan. It's like, well, this is a very limited supply wine because that doesn't exist anymore. Um. But I want that movie of this this king and queen being given an uh, an orphan and saying you have to raise her as though she's your own child, and I want to see what that's like for her. Yeah, that would be interesting. I mean, I don't actually want that movie because every time they make one of those movies for Star Wars, I hate it. But I, that is an interesting idea. Yeah. It's like I don't have high hopes for the Black Widow movie. We, we, we saw them be like, oh, what was Han Solo's origin story? And I was like, really boring. <laughs> Very boring is what you're telling me. Yeah, well, I don't care about Han Solo. I want, like, I want to see how this orphan child got raised in this culture and then learned she was an orphan. Somehow along the way always knew she was actually adopted. So was she told yeah. from the beginning? Yeah, I don't know. I don't There's know. a lot of cool stuff I'm to sure, explore there. I am sure there is a novel about this topic that you could read that is probably decent. I'm sure, but I'm not going to go seek out through the extended universe novels i mean it's probably more satisfying than what you would get in a movie made by disney and the committee of people who decide these things to be quite honest with you but what if but not if they were doing it for disney plus direct because that stuff seems to work out pretty good i don't know man i i feel like if you're touching any of the skywalker people everybody's got a hand on the ball as opposed to when uh, John Favre came to them and was like, I want to make a Western about Mandalorians and it doesn't have any of the characters from the movies that anybody knows. And they're like, yeah, whatever. You can't screw anything up. That's fair. Anyway, we go to confront Vader, who's definitely been hitting the space bong because he starts every single sentence with Luke, Luke. And all I can think of is that friend of yours that smoked too much and is kind of glued to the couch being like, Ezra, Ezra, what do you think about the fact that if you rub two pieces of felt together, you can hear it if there's no other sounds. <laughs> and you're like, what? Like, Andrew, that's all I can think of. I just, he seems like he's really space stoned. He got some, he got some Dagobah kush. You we you forgot to talk about Admiral Snack Bar. He's here now. And the gang's all together for the mission. Oh, I thought he went to confront Vader by himself. Did I, did I miss No, yeah, Vader, so we, we see Vader, but he doesn't, he doesn't go to Luke yet. Okay. Because Luke goes outside and Obi-Wan is out there as a ghost. And Luke rightfully goes, you told me my father was murdered by Darth Vader. And yeah. Obi-Wan goes, well, I, he, I, I didn't lie from a certain point of view. And Luke is like, no, you, that's a lie. And he's like, yes. but Darth Vader's evil and your father yeah. wasn't. So who's like, the liar now? Yeah, I, that scene makes me want to punch Obi-Wan Kenobi. And then he goes, he mentions the sister and he goes, Leia. And he goes, you're very observant. 
And I was like, there's five women in this movie. <laughs> of course it's Leia. It's a, it's a woman we haven't seen yet. Unless it was a woman you've never met. Right. But it's someone around your age, because she's your twin sister. I, I love the idea of him instead being like, Amperu? Like, no, you idiot. Was it that green-headed slave dancer? Or that one other woman who speaks to the troops? Oh, wait, that hasn't happened yet. <laughs> it's about to happen? Yeah. Um, and then we get Admiral Snackbar, who I love. He's got such a great voice. Uh, what does Admiral Snackbar say when you order a blended coffee drink from his snack stand? It's a frat! Ah, <laughs> uh, that's a dumb little thing. What does uh, Admiral was... Akbar say when he hears the new... Ariana Grande song on the radio. I don't know the slang term, so go for it. It's a slap. Ah. I was like, bop, bop doesn't work. That's what the kids are saying, right? So the gang gets all together for the mission. Oh, oh, wait, wait, wait. There's a really delightful moment in The Mandalorian. This is not really a spoiler. Uh, They're negotiating payment for a deal, and he asks for one type of money, and the uh, Carl Weathers character counters and is like, well, I have calamari, and I forget what the term they use, but it's like floops or something. I do have calamari floops, and he like doles out these money of the Mon Calamari people. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, oh, what a delightful thing, the cal- Mon Calamari currency. They have their own currency. Han tells Chewie to fly casual so that the uh, Empire won't know that it's them inside this stolen Empire cruiser. I don't remember specifics. They somehow got a Y-Wing. Oh, I forgot those are Y-Wings. And, and somehow are able to to use it to get in. I also love this scene where it's like, it's an old code, sir, but it checks out. Why are there old codes floating around? Why would this ship have an old code? Did you send someone on a mission where they've been out of contact for a long time? It would obviously fall apart instantly, this plan. Yeah. Why? W- yeah, old codes, they should recycle every, you know, 24 hours at this point. Right, and if there is someone coming in with an old code, unless it's the person you sent to the deepest edge of the galaxy out of radio contact, and they have a, they would have a special code word or something. Uh, so Vader knows they're going to Endor and lets them go. Uh, and we hit the we go to the planet's surface, and speeder bikes are cool as hell, except in the video game where they suck. They're impossible to fly in that game <laughs> because they only go. 100 miles an hour. There's no, there's nothing less than 100 miles an hour. And you can't really turn, so you just crash. I'll also say, on the ship, right before they do drop down, we have, like, a little bit of Han and Lando moment. And I, I, that is the buddy movie that should have been made out of Star Wars. There should have been a Han and Lando pound around the galaxy. Like, like a that's what the, and Hutch style? Right. That's what the solo movie, movie should have been. There's some of that in it. But if it was just Han and Lando having adventures, that's ten times better a movie. Especially if you have Donald effing Clover. Who actually did a good job. That other dude really stinks. Oh, the Han? Yeah, Aiden Einreich or something like that. Um, but apparently speeder bikes are as hard to fly in universe as they are in video game because there's just as many great explosions of speeder bikes. Right. I also need to talk about here. So we get down to this planet and everybody's got their like camouflage outfit on. Han Solo is dressed like Columbo. Basically. He's wearing a camouflage, a rumpled camouflage trench coat. And all I could think of at that point was, oh my God, I want Columbo to be in this movie. I want Columbo in Star Wars. Like him walking up to these, these, uh, 
speeder bike troopers outside the thing and being like, yeah, you know, here's the thing that I can't get my hand on. You guys say you were here all day, but then you were somehow somewhere else at the same time. And I just him interrogating these guys and them getting more and more confused and angry until they basically chase him off and him being like, just just one more thing. What's the code to get in there? And they're finally like, it's 857, go away. <laughs> I just really want Peter Falk running around the woods on Star Wars, and I'm sad that we never got it. Yeah, I also wouldn't mind Jessica Fletcher biking around, like on her actual bike. <laughs> just waving from the back of the lot. Yeah, Carrie Fisher gets thrown off her uh, speeder bike and gets found by an Ewok and befriends him. Yeah, I also, at one point, Luke the, Luke and Leia are on the speeder bike together, and he jumps to another bike and throws the guy off it. And this dude hits a tree at 100 miles an hour or more. Yep. He would explode into a fine mist. It wouldn't even be a bag of soup. It would be a, a, a sprayed from a hose situation. That armor must be amazing yeah yeah it would be it, it would be just full the armor of doesn't crack the armor doesn't shatter. no it holds his body together too it, it's basically perfect armor it, it, because even if this person is dead and they're definitely dead their body is in one piece which is a miracle at the, under these circumstances um and so they get discovered and also leia's crashed too when she gets thrown off the bike it's like she would be so injured i know she has the force but still concussed as hell uh when they get shot at the ewok drops under the log they're hiding behind so that when the stormtrooper does come over to capture leia he's out of sight and they can double team him yeah yeah this this sequence is really fun the speeder bikes are awesome looking the, the i love them so much the action is really intense, and it's it's short. It's just enough to keep your you know pulse up a little bit, and then it gets on with it. Mm-hmm. So we go see Palpatine for a hot second in a scene that doesn't really add anything. They cut to him too much. I think we could have yes. condensed one scene by two minutes and then gotten rid of all the others. Yeah, exactly. And, and I, I, it's a weird choice to keep hopping around, but I think it's supposed to kind of keep the action, the pace of the movie up. And it, it probably does, but also it's like, you know, just cutting 10 minutes would also do the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and Palpatine knows Luke will come to Vader. So he's like, I don't care. Uh, now the, uh, the rest of the gang gets kidnapped by a net by the Ewoks. And right. R2's kind of a Mary Sue, I just realized. Yeah, oh, he's definitely a Mary Sue. He's got the gadget to solve every problem. He can hack the computer, he can cut the net. He's a Mary Sue all the way. Mm-hmm. And there's one Ewok that looks super different than all the others, and it always weirded me out. Did you notice that? Yeah, and there's also the really old Ewok with the gray fur, I'm assuming is what that means. I think so, but there's one that's like gray and white, stripey, splotchy. Yeah. And it's very humanoid like it's thin and human-like yeah Yeah, i it's a bad costume i think that's all it is yeah but they think c-3po is their god yeah i really like this stuff the 3po is a god thing is delightful to me and then disney stole it for jack sparrow 30 years later yeah i mean it's not i'm sure lucas didn't come up with it either well yeah all these all these all these movies are ripped off from old samurai movies i am sure it comes from that and we go to the uh, iconic Ewok village. But uh, 3PO does ignore the Ghostbuster rule, which he wouldn't know because this movie came out first. But in all situations, if someone asks if you are anything, whether it's a god supposed to be here, whatever, you just always say yes. Just say yes. <laughs> uh, so yeah, they take him to the, the iconic village that our mom sold at a yard sale. 
Yeah. Uh, much to our brother's chagrin. 3PO floats, which is kind of wild when, well, when Luke does the, the force on him. They want to cook Han. Cool. And right. he, they're like, hey, tell them don't do that. And then they don't, <laughs> they don't listen to 3PO when he says it. And so Luke says, tell them you'll use your magic. And 3PO's like, I don't have magic. Yeah. And so Luke's like, I do, you dumb dumb. <laughs> yeah, come on. You're so smart. Speak how many languages? So he like hovered, he does a little hover around around the crowd and they all freak out and they let them all go. And Leia comes out. Somehow Leia's in a dress that she wasn't wearing before. Yeah, she has a lot of outfits that just kind of appear out of nowhere. The hair I'll give you. You can do your own hair. But this is a dress that looks like it's made from the earth, like from stuff they found in her size. Yeah, maybe the Ewoks are just very good tailors, a la Cinderella's various uh, I was going to say, it's the, it's the rats in Cinderella. Uh, and so <laughs> this part, <laughs> all the Ewoks are gathered around 3PO telling the story <laughs> As R2-D2 adds the sound effects from previously in the story. And yeah. All I could think about was C-3PO and R2-D2, now with authentic movie sound effects. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Or those books with the buttons on the side. Absolutely. Same deal. This is very toyetic. Because it's just six sounds. It's a pew-pew. It's a... Yeah. Uh, there's a lightsaber sound and a Wilhelm scream. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so Luke and Leia have a little powwow. He tells her that he knows that they're siblings and that she uh, will learn to use the force powers, which I think is really interesting because that's what everybody got so mad about. And I also thought was a little silly that she's like using all these force powers in the, oh, she uh, does? the news movies. Yeah. she Remember, she flies like Tinkerbell in the one. You don't you haven't seen them. I've only seen the first one. I haven't seen the second. Yeah. One. Yeah. Um, well, that's cool. I have something to look forward to. <laughs> Uh, yeah, maybe. The movie's not very good. Anyway, uh, but this sure seems to answer the question of, like, people being like, rrr, 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 why is she doing all this? And it's like, well, Luke did t- say this in this movie, that she had these powers and would use them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Luke says he has to turn himself into Vader, otherwise everyone's gonna get hurt, and he runs away, and then Han comes out and is a high school quarterback. Yes, but also, can we talk about the part where when Luke tells Leia that she's his sister, she says, I've always known? Did you? Because you definitely put your tongue down this guy's throat, which is a weird move if you know that's your brother. So gross. I think that is just the peak example of George Lucas doesn't know what he's doing and makes it up as he goes along and then changes the rules after the fact. Absolutely. So yeah, Han comes out and turns into a a CW quarterback. And he's like, you can't tell me what's wrong. You can tell Luke what's wrong. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I get him being annoyed here, but he is a douche about it. I, it's not necessary for this movie. No, it's it's completely that, extraneous. <laughs> this doesn't have to be there because yes, this movie is two agreed. hours and 15 minutes long. Right. We don't need this sequence at all. And then we just, because then we just cut to Luke turning himself, like he's already been like turned himself in. Vader right. walks up to an elevator door and it opens and Luke's there in handcuffs. And I was like, yes, wait a minute. We wasted time with the Han CW bullshit, but we couldn't show Luke walking up to a go- Like we couldn't show any of this. Right. It is very silly. And then we get uh, daddy issues. Luke just being like, you're good. Yeah. Yeah. I know you have the power inside you. You are who you choose to be. Yeah. Et cetera, et cetera. 
this is the sequence after this where they're breaking into the base and the Ewok runs over and steals the speeder bike. I love it I, so much. It's so delightful. Because it doesn't have any idea what it's doing. It's just slapping buttons and then gets launched on this thing and is dangling from the handlebars. It's a hoot. It's a genuine hoot. I would love to see it parodied in a show where like a moose or a raccoon climbs into a, a, a forest ranger's uh, golf cart and just uh-huh. hits some buttons and it goes. Yeah, or just like jumps on one. It just jumps onto the pedal and it's just speeding <laughs> yeah. off. There's also there's 45 minutes left at this point in the movie, and I went, oh, it's too long. Yeah, because it's all. It's, I mean, it's almost all action sequence. But uh, I will say, I thought the makeup on Emperor Palpatine is better in this sequence. Right, I wrote this. he's creepy. Look, yeah, it's better yeah. now. Yeah, it's weird that the makeup was so different scene to scene. And he sits so low in his chair. And he has these, like, nasty little big bean teeth that are just, like, rotten out of his mouth, it looks like. It's really gnarly. Yeah. But he sits with his tailbone at the edge of his chair, and so his shoulders are basically at the bottom of the back of a chair, and he's just, like, real slouchy-loungy. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, and then he points out or, or points out the window so he can see what's going on, and is like, your faith in your friends is misguided. And then it got me thinking about how many movies and franchises, frankly, are about uh, defeating evil with the power of friendship. A lot. The power it's of like, love and friendship. Yeah, it's like perhaps the most, uh, the most used theme across all filmed entertainment. I could agree with that. So they're they're trying to take down a shield so that on on the land uh, on the planet rather so that the, they can attack the the Death Star. Yeah, the shield is be, the shield is powered by something on the planet, and so they need to take it down so they can destroy the Death Star. Um, and uh, the Ewoks have a great plan to help everybody. It involves a lot of rocks. It involves something that James Cameron would watch and go, but what if they were blue? Yeah, exactly. Uh, so the, so they're they're having that fight, and then meanwhile, uh, we get a ship full of Admiral snack bars, which is great. The Mon Calamari cruiser is there, mm-hmm. um, but I've always hated this sequence, and it comes up again and again in Star Wars. It comes up in other movies. I've always hated this idea that the bad guy monologuing at the good guy and going. Uh, it, I am the embodiment of pure evil, but if you kill me, you're more evil than I. Like, that's not how it works. I hate the trope that good guys never kill or get angry. It makes me so mad because sometimes you can kill right. and be like, the good if, guy. If you shoot Space Hitler, you're the good guy. Mm-hmm. This this dude has genocided multiple planets. I don't care if your hatred of him is what makes you kill him. You're not the bad guy. He's purely evil he's an actual genocidal maniac this isn't like some political thing where it's the opposite political party and you don't like them or and you're mad about it he actually committed genocide chop his head off and kick it down an elevator shaft like Mm -hmm. what are we doing here it's so weird that he's he gets such a boner for luke getting angry when i guess he just does, does it matter to him if he dies Palpatine? Yeah. I don't think he think he believes that Luke won't do it. But will just turn evil. Right. That Luke faced with a choice of he he's basically presenting Luke with, if you kill me, you're evil. So if that's really what you want to do, kill me and you'll be evil and I win anyway. Gotcha. Stupid nonsense. So he's like, choose to be evil or kill me, you'll be evil either way, so I've won. 
I've outmaneuvered gotcha. you. You're checkmated. The Ewoks are using hang gliders and slingshots. It's really cool. Yeah, the teddy bear attack is is my, probably my favorite sequence of it. I especially like in the fight choreo where one stormtrooper just picks up one under the armpits and throws it. And I just kept thinking, <laughs> like, boy, I hope there was a crash pad for this stunt person because they just got tossed. <laughs> they get caber tossed. Yeah, exactly. I also love that they keep using the same Aye! sound effect yes. as, the, as the Ewoks fight. I, and the other thing that's a delight to me is this armor is essentially laser proof, but if you hit it with a couple of rocks, these guys are getting their asses handed to them. Or arrows, primitive stone arrows. Right, right. Going right through into people's throats and stuff. Uh, and now <laughs> Chewie is all of a sudden uh, Elizabeth Shoe in Adventures in Babysitting. He's got like a gaggle of Ewoks and he's trying to they're trying to break into the, the du- what are the two walkers called? Uh, ATST, I believe, is the two, and ATAT is the four. So they're tr- they're like climbing on top of that, and when the Ewoks get in, they start ru- like moving it around and shooting it. And he's like, "Hey, stop it!" Yeah, yeah, it's 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 great. All of this is a delightful, um, delightful sequence. Uh, and then R two is like hacking into the thing, and he gets zapped. It's like the protection on the thing, but they added all this CGI. I to was him. so mad. I, it sucks so hard. Uh, and we get a reverse, uh, I love you, I know. Yes. Back to uh, Palpatine and Luke, and he's, you know, let the hate flow through Luke's you. real flippy. I forgot how flippy he was. Right, right. He's was Mark Hamill like a gymnast or something? No, it's a stunt double. Well, it just seems like such a weird choice for your character. Well, it's the, the force flips. Oh, okay. It's like all over the new trilogy. Gotcha. Also, I couldn't believe it on the rewatch that the, these two really iconic lines, Obi-Wan has taught you well and let the hate flow through you, are like almost back to back in the movie. They really are. They're right it's, there. Th- it, like within 30 seconds. Um, Han and them trick the Palpatine guards into letting them into the shield generator home base thingy. Yes, I like that. That that sequence is good. And then Han gives a shrug because Harrison Ford could give a shit. Yes. Uh, and then Vader is somewhat surprised to learn that Luke has a twin sister, which is really, I guess th- he just impregnated Amidala and then fucked off. <laughs> like, yes. So she died giving birth to them and was. But he wasn't there. No, because he had turned at that point. I see. But don't you think he would want to raise his children in his evil ways? That seems like... Well, I think they told him they died. I see. And then I, I think... I would. I mean, I. this is all speculation. Uh, tweet at that 533 people or whatever they... 513. Don't do that. Um, it's 503, I believe. 501c3? Yes. Uh, I'm pretty sure... She Amidala died giving birth to Luke and Leia, so they speared them away and told him they died in childbirth. And I then see. the because Uncle Owen is the one who is related to Vader. I see. I think Owen is the Skywalker. Interesting. So that's how they were like, oh, he's alive, da 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 da. That's gotta be a weird position. Like I'm I'm a moisture farmer and my brother's a genocidal maniac. Mm-hmm. Who murdered a bunch of children when he was 20-ish. Right. Uh, Luke slices Vader's hand off. Symbolism. Yes. Uh, Is it ever explained why Emperor Palpatine has Bette Midler hocus-pocus powers? 
and no one else does? Um, you need to watch the rest of the movies. <laughs> oh, it is explained? No, but he's not the only one with those powers. Oh, rad. Yeah. Because uh, I, I was surprised it's his Yoda manifestation never used that. of the force. Because I was surprised like Yoda seems like the the analog. Yeah. Is that right? The analog? No. Yeah, 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 yeah. The, so the, you would the, think the if Emperor Palpatine's got the Bet Midler powers, that Yoda would have a little something too. Yeah, no, I think it's just the bad guy force use. Okay. And but so, Palpatine cackles as he cuts off Vader's arm, like, haha, I've won. It's like, no, again, you two are genocidal maniacs. It's okay to kill you. It's okay it's to kill the fine. bad guys. And when Luke says, no, I'll never kill anyone, Palpatine bet Midler's him. And they he it goes on for way too long. But also, in between shots of Palpatine zapping Luke, they, they, there are these quote-unquote emotional close-ups of Darth Vader's mask, which is shiny black and doesn't move. I disagree with you here. I think that the body language that David Prowse uses here tells a lot of this story. And but I No, I'm I'm not talking I'm talking about the f- straight up close-ups of the mask. When it's a when it's like a three-quarter shot, I give you that. But yeah. there's so many close-ups of just the mask and I'm like there's nothing here. Yeah, I guess. I I think that the there the I think that because you see the emotion in the three-quarter shot, it carries through into the close-up. So I will disagree with you there. I get your point. It is accurate. But I, I think that you read a lot. You can feel a lot of it here. Also, they so they destroyed the big triangle ship. The Star Destroyer. Super Star Destroyer. Yes. And it falls. There's no gravity in space. Why does it fall? Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm guessing because it's not using propulsion to hold itself up anymore. But also because that doesn't matter. It looks cooler. <laughs> rule of I cool. I know, but I'm just like that's rule of cool. There's no I, gravity. I, I know, but rule of cool. I like it should fall down and blow up. You that's what you it's much more satisfying that it does that instead of just floating limply in space, right? Like but it's why better. can't it just have exploded? I guess. Um I will I noticed here and not for the first time, but Harrison Ford, I think, is the best regular guy runner in the history of filmmaking. Yeah. Because when you see Tom Cruise run, it, the, the thing he does in all his movies, because that's his favorite thing to do, Tom Cruise runs like someone who's been trained in running. Mm-hmm. When Harrison Ford runs, it looks like a dude who's like, oh shit, and sprinting for his life. So when he's running away here, it's like just pure locomotion in a way of 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 just arms flailing and legs pumping. And he does the same thing as Indiana Jones, which is, to me, really vital in making that person seem like a regular guy who's you know running for his life as opposed to a secret agent or something it's just was, a, it's a regular say, guy that run. is indie too right it's a regular guy run um vader says no and throws palpatine I hate that so much that's another at late add-on thing mm-hmm. um but he keeps the first one in well, the first little one is fine, where it's like that's what no. I mean, like because that a was decisive word. It? Yes, yes, was and then and then he. No. I'm surprised he didn't cut that. I'm surprised he didn't cut the first no and just no. It's so stupid. as he picks up Palpatine, who is still firing lightning and holding his hands like a dog. Yeah, he gives, he he does a military press like the friggin' ultimate warrior. It's crazy with only one hand. Remember right. that. Right, a stump and a hand, and then he chucks him down a well. Uh, and he and Luke have a moment on the the ramp of a ship, and he says, "Let me t- help me take my mask off so I can look at you." And Luke somehow knows it's a two piece mask. Yeah, 
Yeah, I, I never knew that, but Lou seems to. Because I would have thing... like, my, my, I would have just grabbed the bottom and tried to lift. Right. <laughs> oh, oh. No, no, no. <laughs> the other thing that drives me nuts about that long no is it takes away from all the subtle body language acting that David Prowse does as Vader, where he's like, like clearly conflicted here and decides to save his son's life. Is It's all taken away by that stupid no. Why would you need subtlety if I can just shout it at the audience? Right. Why build like, a set you if you can it. just make it with a computer? Why would you not? Why would you use a bullhorn here? Or why wouldn't you use a bullhorn? That's the best possible tool. Also, I really love when you do see the mask come off. This disgusting face that they have. It's, it's Uncle like Fester. Him giving himself James Earl Jones's voice through mechanical means is so exactly what this person would do. A hundred percent. Yeah. It's very get out. Right, exactly. Uh, so he dies. We KO the Death Star. We land back on the planet. We got some big smooching all around. And a dance party and a Viking pyre. With the freaking good song taken out, I was so mad. What? The original Ewok song, Yub Nub, they take it out of the movie. Oh, I don't remember that song. Oh my god. So I have the soundtrack to this on LP and I put it on sometimes. And the first time it came up, uh, my girlfriend was like, "What is this?" And I was like, "It's the song at the end when the Ewoks are like having their party and it's 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 not good, but it sounds like the music you think these teddy bear people would make, which is like yub nub yub nub yub nub yeah, and they're like playing instruments and stuff. And then I guess George Lucas hated it, so he took it out and had John Williams write this like temp score bullshit. That's like you can even see the Ewok playing Stormtrooper helmets as drums, and it's mm-hmm. just vague, weird sounds. I'm I was so mad that Yubnub wasn't here. I didn't have to listen to Yubnub. Um, there's fireworks that I don't remember. Yeah, I, I don't remember them either, but there are fireworks in the other movies, like the new trilogy too, so maybe there just mm. was. And then we get the added. stupid CGI extra scenes. And it's just like, oh, let's visit every planet we've gone to in the prequels to show that they're celebrating this moment too. And it's like, I don't care. I'm with these characters for nine hours. I want to watch them be happy. Yeah, it's the stupidest decision in the world. And then they add Hayden Christensen. Oh, yeah. That's the most egregious of all. It's like the Force ghost replacing Obi-Wan with the young idiot. Like, come on. Get the hell out of here, George. No, Obi-Wan's still there. Oh, I'm sorry. It's Obi-Wan uh, it Yoda. To, he replaces Darth Vader, who was in, like, the Vader suit. Oh, he was... Or no, oh, no, 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 no. It was Prowse. You're right. It's Prowse. It's Prowse. I'm wrong. It's Prowse. Yeah. I was... I was... Because as soon as I saw the two, I was like, wait a minute. They added Christensen, didn't they? Yeah. So so egregious, so egregious, so egregious. Uh, but that's it. That is the end of the original Star Wars trilogy. Final thoughts? It's good. It's just too long. It is too long. I, I have that problem with the rewatches, and it's why I don't revisit them that often. Uh, but this is definitely the, my favorite Star Wars movie, even as an adult, I think. Um, very fun to watch. It hits all the buttons I want to hit in a Star Wars movie. So it, it works for me still. Nice. Yeah, I, I, I really like it. It holds up as the one I... I see why childhood me loved this movie so much. Yeah, definitely. It also helped that. that I had some of Gig's toys from this movie. Yeah, yeah, we definitely had them around the house. We had the Jabba playset that he had, and yeah, some stuff too. Where you could actually um, like flip up the thing and put a character in the grate below, where right, theoretically right. the Sarlacc pit was. Yeah, yeah. 
Not the Sarlacc pit, the Rancor pit. Thank you, the Rancor pit. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I I still like this movie a lot. It's still my favorite one. I know it's. I don't think it's objectively the best one, but it is my favorite one. I think Empire is the best movie in terms of filmmaking, but I would rather watch this. Didn't you like Rogue One a lot? I did. I don't think I would like it a ton if I revisited it, but I did. I, the, Rogue One, I think, has the coolest Darth Vader scene ever in Star Wars, but the, okay. the whole movie, I think, would I would not enjoy as much on a rewatch. But they're not for me. I'm an old man. They're for children. They're for the new. Chi- they're for the new kids. Yeah, yeah. Um, we did visit Galaxy's Edge, which is super cool. If you're a Star Wars fan, you should definitely get down there and check it out. It's rad as hell. The theming. My boyfriend, who again not a Star Wars fan, was like, "This is cool." Yeah, I will say I don't think that it has the repeat value that like a Hogwarts does. Like, I don't think people will want to go to Galaxy's Edge 10 times, and I think people want to go to Hogwarts 10 times, but I also don't I think that. that's the point. Like, that's like those people do not need to be catered to because they're psychos like us who go to theme parks all the time, you know, and will happily do so. So I, I think it's totally fine. I like I, I like a lot of what they did there. The, the walking around, it feels very lived in, feels very Star Wars. There's a few things I would change, but uh, I'm like curious what? to see. I, I want more people walking around. Like, I want there to be a lot of stormtroopers walking around, not like two that you see once an hour. Like, I, I want a stormtrooper basically constantly crisscrossing that place. Mm-hmm. And I want, you know, other things happening, you know, like people like I want people getting arrested by the stormtroopers who are other actors. That'd be cool. Yeah. Like That'd I want really not cool. not I don't want it to be graphic. I don't want it to be, you know, like it's, <laughs> you don't want to like you're turning on the news. Right. Right. I don't want it to. But I don't want it to feel like bicycle thief or something. Right. Like I don't want the person screaming for help. I want them being like aren't you so-and-so and And the person being like, no, and like come with us for questioning and then like marching them away. I don't want the person like somebody save me and getting dragged out. You know what I mean? Like it needs to be, I wouldn't mind an Aladdin moment. Oh, that they get away. Yeah. Someone steals, like someone steals something and then like the stormtroopers kind of chase them. Yeah. 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 Chase through the market would be great. And the person like slips through a secret door and then goes away. All that kind of stuff I think would make it be a a little bit more lived in. But again, that's like a super minor quibble. It's super scary when those stormtroopers walk around. It's even scarier when Kylo Ren is with them. Yeah. It kind of gives you like a. (gasps) Yeah, exactly. So it's very, very cool. If you are a big Star Wars fan, you uh, should definitely go see that. I think it's I think it's really special. Yeah, and take your time. Walk around, really soak it up. Because there's little things that you you wouldn't even think are going to be there. Right, right. Like, the trash compactor monster shows up. Yeah, yeah. I was... Because I don't think it's a water fountain. Or maybe it is a water fountain, and there's, like, a tank of water above it. it. It's a water fountain, yeah. That randomly will start bubbling, and then you'll hear a sound, and then the little eyeball guy will pop up and yeah. fall back down. Yeah, it's pretty great. Um... Yeah, so go check that out if you haven't. We both really enjoyed it. Uh, thank you so much for listening to the show. We really, really appreciate it. This is our final episode of 2019, uh, but we're not going anywhere. We'll be back in two weeks, of course. Uh, it's been really a uh, fantastic year for the show, and thank you so much for, for being part of it and supporting us in all the ways that you have. If you haven't reviewed the show, what are you doing, you imperial scum? Get out there and save the Rebel Alliance. Review the show wherever you get it. We are starting uh, 2020 with a bang with a movie called Tough Turf, which is celebrating a big anniversary. I believe 40 years might be 35. We'll tell you that next time. But uh, I have been Trip Lano. I will always be Andrew Lano. Until we return, 
on January 13th. Don't you forget about me. Dissecting the 80s is a chum sum of this production. Ow.